Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, he's not with us today. He's still recovering from his long, long Hall of Fame induction ceremony weekend, an induction ceremony that was absolutely beautiful. It was amazing to see all those NFL legends and all those NFL greats. And it was also amazing and legendary to see Memphis Tiger and Los Angeles Rams, St. Louis Rams legend, NFL great Isaac Bruce take his place amongst those NFL Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame legends. Going to talk a little bit about that. Also going to talk about our Los Angeles Rams as, as we get ready to have our first preseason game. And it's a, our first game with fans in the stands. Our Rams taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Saturday at SoFi Stadium, and fans will be in the building watching a game for the first time since SoFi Stadium opened up. Of course, we know the Rams did not play in front of fans at SoFi last season, so it's going to be an exciting, exciting situation. And we just talk about what's been going on with the Rams so far in training camp. I don't even know if you can call it training camp. I mean, they call it training camp, but it doesn't feel like nor look like any kind of training camp that I remember. But I'm an old dude. I'm an old dude, I guess, like Cooper Cup was telling me earlier this summer when I was talking to him. I guess I'm an old dude. They don't do things the same way anymore. But just talking about our Rams as we get ready for this first preseason game, as I said, against the Los Angeles Chargers. And it still don't sound right to say the Los Angeles Chargers. It seems like we should have that name all to ourselves. Ourselves. Los Angeles Rams. How about I just say, yeah, I just say Los Angeles Chargers. And I say, no. What sounds best? If I say Los Angeles Rams and L.A. Chargers or L.A. Rams, Los Angeles Chargers. I say L.A. Rams because Los Angeles Chargers is long. Makes your tongue and your mouth do a lot of work. L.A. Rams versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And, of course, I've been keeping up with our Rams this training camp. And what I'm seeing is basically, you know, it's camp. It is what it is. I mean, they're not doing too much. They're not doing too much hitting because that's just not what they do. But the Rams, our Rams did have a scrimmage against the Dallas Cowboys. And I haven't spoken to you all since that scrimmage happened. And Matthew Stafford actually played in, you know, while we were practicing and scrimmaging against the Cowboys because we know Sean McVay is saying that Stafford will not play in any 
of our three preseason games, and I don't blame him. There's no need for him to play. First of all, he's a bet. We know what he can do. The film shows what he can do. Any chemistry he needs to make with his offense and with his receivers, that can be done in practice, and it's being done in practice. And you don't want him to get hurt. We had the little scare with his thumb. That turned out well for us. Not really a bad situation. So you do not want to take a chance at Matthew Stafford getting hurt at all. But against the Cowboys, he makes some, he made some good throws. He made some great throws. But my whole thing is I don't get too excited about those because that's what he does. It's good to see him still have the ability to drop the ball deep to Deshaun Jackson, throw across his body, uh, show the things that he's been showing since he came into the NFL. The thing is, he's been doing it with the Detroit Lions, an organization that's just not used to winning. And it's great to see that he's doing the same thing with our L.A. Rams because he's an L.A. Ram now. So I totally support the decision Sean McVay is making by not having Matthew Stafford play in any preseason games. That's smart. He also says uh, starting running back now, Daryl Henderson, would not play in any preseason games as well, and that's smart as well because we can't afford to get him hurt, especially not after, you know, after losing Cam Akers to that Achilles injury, so we will not have him next season. But just looking at the Rams, looking at what they've done so far, you know, linebacker Ernest Jones, he's, he's looked good to me. He's been able to make some plays, a couple of interceptions, doing a good job. We're going back to that offense right quick because that's, that's going to be key. We know the defense, it is what it is. We're still curious to see how Raheem Morris is going to manage that unit. But as we always say, it's great to have two of the best defenders to ever play the game on your unit and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So he has a lot to work with. But it's still going to be curious to see how Raheem Morris manages that unit, leads that unit, and counts on those two great football players to lead that defensive unit. But, of course, I'm an offensive guy, and I like to spend a lot of time on the offense. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the offense. Talked about Matthew Stafford. Good to see him doing what he does. Matthew Stafford is just Matthew Staffording. And I truly, truly believe he can lead a team. He can lead us to postseason success because we got a different personnel groupings. We have different personnel groupings and a whole different trajectory than what he had in Detroit. I mean, let's call it what it is. Detroit just doesn't have that. They haven't had that mentality of the expectations of winning or even really competing. They're happy with, you know, a certain record, a certain number of wins. But did they ever really have any true Super Bowl expectations while Matthew Stafford was there? I mean, like hopes, like we went in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, you can say it, but you got to have that confidence knowing that you probably, that you can win the Super Bowl. They didn't have that. And that's a mentality thing. When young players come on the teams, new players come on, on the teams, and they look at the older players that have been there and the vets, if they don't see that pride and that confidence and that belief in them that they can actually compete and win a Super Bowl, 
nine times out of 10, man, the players coming in are not going to buy in either because the people who were there haven't bought in. And mentality is contagious. Attitude is contagious. Work ethic is contagious. Attitude, all of that stuff is important. That's what people look at. So Stafford didn't have that in Detroit. He has that in L.A., though, with our Rams. Because not only are the fans expecting big things, i.e. a Super Bowl championship this season, the organization is expecting that as well. And not only that, it's not only the expectations of winning a Super Bowl, it's the belief that you can win a Super Bowl. So when you believe all the players are working toward their goal of winning a Super Bowl and they're working and practicing as hard as they can, they can, taking advantage of every opportunity, paying attention because they literally believe that we can win the Super Bowl this year. And when you have that belief, it just changes how you move. It changes how you act. So when rookies come in and they see vets on the squad moving towards a Super Bowl winning mentality, acting that way, everything they do, they're trying to be perfect at it. Not taking any practices off. Not taking any plays for granted. Not taking any days for granted. Because every day is a work day. Every day is a day to get better. Because other teams are getting better. So when you have that mentality, it is contagious around the locker room and around the organization. And our L.A. Rams, they have that mentality. They know not only can they compete, they know they can win it all. And this is their year to win it all. And the Rams believe that. That's why Les Snead, Sean McVay, hey, they went out. Hey, look. They won balls to the wall. Went out, got Matthew Stafford. Made a huge signing with and getting Deshaun Jackson. Because he provides us something that we desperately need. Somebody that can take the top off the defense. And for anybody who does not know, for everybody who, anybody who does not know what taking the top off a of defense means, that means my receiver is going to run down the field as fast as he can, and he's going to make that safety chase him. That safety in the middle of the field, he's going to make him chase him. And you know what happens when you're chasing someone? That means you're behind them. That's what you call taking the top off the defense. Because once that safety comes out of the middle of the field or he's chasing our fastest receiver, that's taking the top off the defense. And when you take, off, take the top off the defense and you remove that free safety out of the middle of the field or wherever he is, because that's what he does, he's supposed to roam. He's supposed to be the deep defense. Don't let nobody get behind you now. But when you have somebody with Deshaun Jackson's skill level, with his speed, able to do the things that he does, he can take the top off the defense. Free safety, safety is in chase mode. Now the top is off the defense. You can either hit Deshaun Jackson because he's probably going to be behind some people. The corner, if it's man-to-man, or the zone, the safety trying to, trying to come over there. Now the top is off the defense, so guess what that means? If we don't hit Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, get your dance on, man. Get your dance on underneath, man. 
take care of it all. That's what means taking the top off the defense means. Deshaun Jackson takes the top off the defense. Now Cooper Cup and Robert Woods can go to work. Not only him, anybody else that's working in there. Jacob Harris, the tight end, anybody else that's working underneath. Because the top is off the defense. And when you have guys in the slot, like a Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you put them in the slot and have strong safeties that sometimes linebackers trying to cover them, come on, man, they don't want them problems. They don't want them problems at all. So that gives Matthew Stafford even more options to go to work, to do his thing. So I'm happy about that. I'm extremely happy about that. Still curious to see how this offensive line is going to hold up. But I have confidence that they will because they got a veteran leading that unit as well and Andrew Whitworth. I'm pretty sure everybody else is going to fall in line because he's a vet. He's a beast. So you do that, our offense should be in pretty good shape despite, this, despite the fact that we don't have cam makers. But I have all the confidence in the world that Daryl Henderson can get the job done if he stays healthy. And one of the best ways to make sure he stays healthy is not to put him any, in any preseason games, which Sean McVay is not going to. The best way to make ensure that he stays healthy is make sure he don't get hit and knocked around too much in practice. But I do admit now, being a running back, being a football player, period, you have to take some licks in practice because you don't want to get hit for the first time in a game and you hadn't been hit the entire camp because it's a different feeling, man. You got to get used to it. You ask to get hit for the first time in a game, you might be up out of it. Because we used to call it getting, you know, getting stars, seeing, seeing stars. Those were concussions. Right now, the stuff that we had when I was playing, man, they would probably cast me on the concussion protocol all the time. But I'm pretty sure now a lot of them dudes just don't say anything. Because they still see stars. And when you see the stars and seeing black, that's a concussion. Your brain has been concussed up against your skull. But the best way to keep Daryl Henderson healthy as well is to make sure, you know, he doesn't play in the preseason games because we need him. But as far as his backup is concerned, I see they, well, we released our first unofficial depth chart. And of course, Daryl is RB1, but Xavier Jones is RB2, but also rookie Jake Funk is RB2 as well. So McVay has two running backs listed as RB2. That means Jake Funk been doing some good things in practice. But that also means Jake Funk and those other running backs are going to get a lot of opportunities during the preseason, especially in this first preseason game against the Chargers, to show what they can do. Because this is the time to show what you can do. This is the opportunity to make some noise. This is the opportunity when I had to make some noise, when I was trying to make the Rams squad. That's why when I saw Mike March at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony last weekend, I had to remind him how... No, I didn't have to remind him because after he looked at me and I said my name, he was like, yeah, Doc, I remember you. Because what happened is when I came to camp, the Rams brought me to camp because Lawrence Phillips was holding out. Gerald Moore, rookie, had gotten hurt. So they brought me in as a camp body, but I started balling. But that's how I knew I was about to get cut during them final cuts because Mike Marsh was just, I had a, I had a great practice. I had a great scrimmage. 
we were in the offensive meeting. Jack Riley was the offensive coordinator. And I was making play after play, running cast over, making one-handed catches. I was doing all of that, but Jack Riley wasn't saying anything. But Mike Marsh was rewinding it because he was a receiver's coach. He was rewinding it. Great play, Doc. Those Memphis Tigers, because, you know, Isaac you know Isaac went to Memphis as well. We played together. Uh, rewinding all my plays and talking me up. So when I said that to Marsh, he was like, yeah, Doc, I remember you. I remember you. He was like, me and Jack Riley didn't see face-to-face on a lot of things, and you were one of them. But the Rams did end up bringing me back, but I didn't know at the time when they cut me. But I'm just saying this is the opportunity for guys to make plays, to open people's eyes, to show that they belong in the NFL. And speaking of seeing, showing that they belong in the NFL, how about our guy Dante Dion? That dude's still out there trying. This is, I think this is his sixth time trying to make an NFL roster. And the Rams been keeping him around. He stays on, on the practice squad, which is making good money. But until you actually play in an NFL game, you're not, they, they don't consider you an actual NFL player. He's an employee of the Los Angeles Rams. When you're on the practice squad, you're an employee of that team but they don't consider you an actual NFL player until you play in a game. That's how it was for me. Practice squad, then I played. NFL employee. But I see Dante Dion's out there still making plays, doing some great things. And it just looks like he's one of those dudes that even if he's not good enough to make like the Rams roster, they just like keeping him in the building because watching him on hard knocks, you see the kind of attitude and personality he is. He's always upbeat. It seems to be he's always upbeat. He has to have good energy and a good positive attitude because they keep him, keep him around. But the thing with him, we know he can actually play in the NFL because he has a skill set and he makes plays. So maybe this is the year he can crack that 53-man roster. Maybe this is his year. But it's good to see him out there making some plays and doing some things. But as I said, I don't want to say too much. I can't say too much. I can't get too excited. or won't get too down about anything because it's just, you know, they're just really out there. Uh, it's just practicing. And they're not hitting like we used to. So I'm just real curious and anxious to see how some of these, a lot of these players play when them helmets get snapped up for real on Saturday against the Los Angeles Chargers as we host the Los Angeles Chargers because any Los Angeles Chargers fans listening, that's our house. So far as our house, y'all pay us rent. So y'all come and be the visitors on Saturday. Go on down to your little locker room. Go on the visitor side and hopefully watch us put a beat down on y'all. So we'll have a lot more to talk about as far as the Rams and critiquing how they play and a lot of these players after we actually can lay some eyes on them and see how they do. So we're looking forward to this first preseason game. Nice little week of camp. I guess, like I said, I guess you can call it camp. I just call it work, practice. Nice little week. And Aaron Donald is being Aaron Donald. Got into a little scrap against the Cowboys, but it didn't last long. Cats don't really fight like that. Even though they will, they don't. We definitely don't need him fighting because we don't need him hurt. Because when AD fights, he moves, everybody going to move. Everybody should move. So, we'll see. Our Rams against the Chargers. And before we wrap it up, just want to 
talk about recap that Hall of Fame induction ceremony weekend last weekend in Canton, Ohio. It was it was just, you know, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. I don't get excited about seeing other players and other grown men, and I didn't, but I was extremely excited by seeing my brother Isaac Bruce finally get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Had a great Hall of Fame acceptance speech, even though they moved his, his, his laptop. But that was just the most high saying, look, I need you to speak. I'm going to let the spirit speak through you. So your laptop's going to be gone, so get at it. So he had a great induction ceremony speaking. When it's a speech and I've been knowing him since 1992. Do the math. That's 29 years, almost 30 years. And I had never he heard the story about the anonymous person calling him, telling him that the NFL wasn't checking for him. But it happens. Because when I was a senior at Memphis and I was, you know, up to almost 700 yards in six games and I pulled my hamstring. I had anonymous calls just, I'm glad you got hurt. Glad you got hurt. I was kind of asshole. I was like a bully. I was kind of mean sometimes. So some people didn't like me. But I had never heard that story. And when he said, I was, I prayed that God kept you alive. I mean, that was hilarious. That was a side of Isaac Bruce talking and really showing his personality and how strong and outspoken he really is that a lot of people hadn't seen. Because I heard some people sitting behind me and I was, uh, in his section, section C, row five, about three three rows back from his his family and his you know his real close people. But I heard somebody say, "Oh, Isaac is kind of out of character." I wanted to turn around and say, "No, he's not out of character. That's just who he is." When he was playing football, that was his job. He took it seriously, and he also took going into the Hall of Fame seriously. So to see him. Go up there. A lot of these, it's 15 of them. Got 14 brothers and sisters. A lot of them showed up. Nephews, college teammates, NFL teammates, junior college teammates, friends, family. I mean, he had a lot of people show up to support him. And it really is an amazing accomplishment. And Tony Wiley said, look, Doc. By my introduction speech to Ike, I'm telling you, it's, it's good. He told me to check it out. And then Tony Wiley, man, I'm going to tell you again, I told you last weekend, you did a great job. Tony Wiley was the media person for the Rams for a long time. That's when I met him when I was playing for the Rams. He was the media guy, and Tony Wiley's a good guy. He's a real good, genuine guy. That's why you have all these big-time athletes and these millionaires have so much respect for him. Because when I was leaving Isaac's after party, after the induction ceremony, that's how much respect people have for Tony Wiley. He was right in front of me. We were leaving at the same time, but Marshall Falk was walking in with Warren Sapp into the party, and Marshall made it a point to grab and stop Tony to acknowledge him and to speak before Tony got out the door. So that's how much love and respect these guys have for Tony Wiley. So he did do a great job, and my brother Isaac did a great job just going up there. Uh, but his, ex his acceptance speech was outstanding. Edgerin James had an outstanding uh, acceptance speech. Steve Hutchison, uh, Steve Atwater, Steve Atwater. I mean, all those guys. Dunny Shell. I left before Troy Palomalu. I left right as soon as Troy Palomalu started talking. I left because I had to get on them buses. Isaac had two charter buses that took us from the hotel to Canada. And after Canada, was going to take us to the, his after party and after party back to the hotel. So I knew he had two buses and he had a lot of people. 
So once Ike was done, I pretty much was done. But I did want to hear a little bit of Troy. But when Troy started, I told my wife, let's go. We headed toward the bus, me and a couple of Isaac sisters. So we got to the bus first. So we had seats on the bus when the bus left to go to the party. Because people that wanted to watch, they wanted to stay and listen to Troy's speech and Jimmy Johnson. And I was like, because Ike went eight. I was like, look, man, I can listen to him some other time. I can listen to him. I'm back on the NFL network. I don't want to miss this bus. And I didn't. So the people that stayed listened, they had to wait till the buses came back. But they still made it to the party. And it was just an outstanding, outgrounding experience uh, to see Dick Vermeer walking through there. He came to show some support. As I said, Mike Marks was there. A lot, you know, I, I mean, a lot of just Rams legends. Cat, uh, guys I played with with the Rams, it was good to see them. Troy Drayton, Wayne Gandy, Toby Wright. They, they was there during the era and I was playing. So it was good to see them dudes, man. And just, uh, man, Jackie Slater. A lot of guys showed up. And then they showed up to Isaac's, you know, a lot of them showed up to Isaac's after party. Marshall Falk, Warren Sapp, and you know, you can tell they have been making the rounds of the parties because they got the Ike party kind of late, but they showed up. Emmitt Smith showed up, Kurt Warner showed up, but I was gone by the time those dudes got there anyway. Willie Rofe, he showed up to Isaac's party and just set his big ass down in, in one of them little chairs. And I was looking at that stool seat like, I don't think you're going to make it stool seat. I, I kind of feel sorry for you, but that's a big dude. He was cool. I mean, overall, it was just, a, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And to see legends like Donnie Shell, because I grew up a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and to see him finally get in after all these years, and to see his former teammate Mel Blunt up there with that big cowboy hat and them Wranglers, <laughs> it was just good, man. It was just, it was just really, really good. Uh, it was a good experience. I'm proud of Isaac, and he'll be back with us next week kind of recovering it was really a long weekend for him my, my man did a lot of smiling a lot of talking and he had to he had to divide his time and attention to a lot of not only different groups of people but different friends and family members i don't know how he did it i don't know how he did it i, I promise you i really don't because he was on the whole thursday through su sunday and i think he may have stayed till monday because you know the class of 2021 was inducted on that Sunday with Peyton Manning them. So he, I mean, he was on. He made sure he had time for every group of people that came to support him and every person, friend or family member. He had cousins. He had a lot of Rams, just Rams employees, not even players that came. And he made sure to acknowledge each one individually. That takes a lot of energy, man. But it was also genuine and authentic from him, too, because I know him very well. One nothing fake about him, still humble. And he made time to see and spend time with every group because it was different groups and it was different people in the groups. And a lot of times people want your attention, especially when they're friends and family. They got a close relationship with you. They still want their time and attention. And he made sure to give it. But he had, you know, I mean, Roland Williams, the tight end, his, you know, his tight end, he showed up. It was good to see Tony Horn. He was there. So it was, it was you know, I was meeting those guys for the first time, and, they, you know, some cool dudes. Dwayne White, offensive lineman that was there when I played, it was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. So 
it was overall just a great, great experience. But I do want to say this, though. That gold jacket ceremony that they had on Friday at some civic center in, in Akron, Canton, I mean, Hall of Fame, whoever put that on, NFL need their ass whooped because them tickets were $200 a piece. And I took my wife, so that was $400, $180 a piece. I have never in my life, I don't even sit in nosebleed seats. I have never in my life played $400 for two nosebleed seat tickets. Isaac's sisters felt the same way. $180 a piece for nosebleed seat tickets. I mean, that was ridiculous. Not only that, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get out of here for real. That was, that was probably the most unorganized, top-notch ceremony I've been to. Because they had all these NFL legends, the Hall of Famers, who was already in the Hall of Fame, march in, right? It's dark in there. They had them march in. Some of them dudes are up there in age. A lot of them got injuries. Bodies are banged up. So they brought them in and was just going to have them stand there along the the, the stage where, where the new inductees were getting ready to come in. They just had them standing there 15, 20, 30 minutes. I mean, some of these are older dudes. A lot of them dudes, even if they're younger, their bodies are banged up, knees, whatever it is, man. It's, it's hard to have them stand up that long. But they brought them out like that. Then they finally, because I'm thinking, for $200 a ticket, my wife was thinking the same thing. We're thinking, it's, okay, it's going to be kind of elegant. You're going to be at a table. They're going to have some food for you. Hell no. Nah. They had some appetizers outside. It was hot as hell. But once you got in there, no, man. It was in that little bitty Civic Center. $180 a piece, nosebleed seats, tight as hell. And the ceremony was unorganized because they finally had to bring out chairs. And they, was lit they were literally passing chairs across the stage so dudes can sit down. Come on, man. Then Rich Eisen comes out and he thinks it's all about him. And I just want to keep yelling if anybody out there listening ever watched The Temptations when uh, the, my man that was playing David Ruffin looked at the guy who was playing Otis and said, ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. That's what I kept saying to Rich Eisen because he kind of made it like, what, didn't nobody come to see him? He came out and introduced himself. He didn't get a large crowd, so he walked off stage. Let's do this again. I ain't, man, no, didn't nobody come to see you, dog. Do your job, man. MC the event. What's the event? It, it really wasn't, it just wasn't well, well organized, well executed. Now, the induction ceremony on Saturday was excellent. It was perfect. But that gold jacket ceremony, man, got, man for $180 a piece, hell no. Nah, it wouldn't even been good if the tickets were $20 a piece. So they got to do better in that. The lighting was bad. The audio was bad. The execution was bad. Expecting those NFL legends, older, banged up to stand up for 30 or 40 minutes without having seats, that was horrible. But overall, it was a good experience because I was there to support my brother Isaac Russo. Happy for him. Now he is immortalized in the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. And also going through the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it, you know, it's cool. Maybe it's me because I played. I don't get excited about too much. But I know those bronze busts, they look bigger and they look a lot more defined and they look a lot better on television. So when I got there, I was looking, I said, man, they kind of little. Kind of little. They look, hey, bronze, but you know, but hey, great experience. My wife enjoyed herself, so I'm good. She had a ball. So 
Once again, salute to my guy, Isaac Bruce. Salute to our Los Angeles Rams, because next week we'll actually have a game to talk about. Some cast to critique after a game. But for right now, that's going to do it for this edition of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. Until next week, I'm out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.